Welcome to Relationships as Spiritual Practice, Bridging the Secular and Spiritual, with your host, Lachelle Lowe Chardet, founder of Mindful Compassionate Dialogue and Wiseheart PDX. Hello, thank you for joining me, and thank you for your dedication to learning, evolving, and transforming. Today, I would like to offer something around saying no and setting boundaries in the relationships that you hold dear. First, defining life-serving boundaries really briefly relative to the framework of mindful, compassionate dialogue, and then connecting life-serving boundaries to spiritual practice, and then identifying eight key elements for saying no with care and connection. And I will use an example of changing your mind. You've already committed to something, and now you want to say, oh, I've changed my mind and I don't want to do what I said I was going to do. Okay, let's start with a definition of life-serving boundaries. In the framework of mindful, compassionate dialogue, life-serving boundaries is about standing in clarity and confidence with regard to your values and your needs and how you want to direct your life energy. And when you say yes clearly to something, an action, a thought, expressing something, you're naturally saying no to many other things. With life-serving boundaries, I find it more helpful, more practical, and more empowering to focus on what you want and where you want to invest your time and energy. When you do that, when you're clear about that, strong in that, it becomes so much easier to say no to something that is not that. It's just kind of obvious at that point. The important foundation of life-serving boundaries is discerning what really is true at a deeper level, at the needs level. This is really different from pursuing clinging, what you're clinging to, or what going away from what you're averse to, or pursuing pleasure. Nothing wrong with pursuing pleasure. I'm just wanting that awareness of the difference. When you make a decision to behave in alignment with a universal need, or you can say value if it works better for you, you don't necessarily have nice emotions in that moment. It doesn't necessarily feel nice or pleasurable in that moment. It might. What you will notice is resonance. 
And that's the second point that I want to offer. For me, your spiritual practice around tuning in to resonance with yourself and with life is essential to setting life-serving boundaries. It's essential to have practices that help you to connect internally with a clarity, a compassion, an ease, a flow, aliveness, luminescence. These are all ways of saying what serves life or what is in alignment with life or what is in alignment with the truth or your values. You find the words that work for you. I'm giving you a menu. And there might be other words that resonate more for you. When you practice tuning in to a sense of resonance and aliveness, that sensation in your physical body, in your energy body, will become more and more a home base for you. And you'll find that it's so satisfying that you won't want to engage in anything without that sense of resonance. And like I said, it requires layers and layers of discernment to know the difference between pursuing pleasure, avoiding aversion, pursuing clinging or addiction, and resonance. So that's a practice in itself, noticing the difference. Once you've reached a level of knowing and and trusting resonance, you'll naturally take pauses in life. When faced with a difficult decision or a challenge, you'll naturally take a pause or ask for support to help you find a sense of resonance with whatever you're facing. And the third part I want to speak about is, we'll do, it's a bit longer. So we're going to name these eight elements with regard to an example of, you've already said yes to to something you really want to do, you thought you wanted to do in a relationship you really care about. And so I want to highlight before I jump in there, that there We could name a whole variety of obstacles to setting life-serving boundaries. And today, we're just going to focus on this very specific aspect of setting life-serving boundaries and being stopped by your own deep care for the other person and your fear of not being able to express that care in a way that lands for them. So that's our specific focus for today. So first, 
jumping into this decision to say no to something you've already said yes to obviously requires an incredible amount of internal honesty. That you're willing to be honest with yourself about what's really true for you and what's resonating, resonating for you and how something in your life has shifted your previous sense of wanting to offer something. Or upon inspection, you might find that when you initially agreed, you didn't actually really check in with yourself and you were not honest with yourself about that. That's also a possibility. So a willingness to be honest about what's true for you in the moment and in the moment you made a decision to say yes to an invitation that you would now like to say no to in a relationship you really care for and want to maintain. Another element that's very important there and very central is a quality of confidence or perhaps a quantity of confidence that you can hold both both or that you can hold multiple parts of yourself or multiple needs for you and the other person at the same time and care for them all. Obviously caring for a set of needs requires a variety of strategies and differences in timing doesn't all happen in the same moment. That confidence is so important. It's critical. The confidence, you can hold a bundle of needs. The strategies can be separate. And because the strategies are separate from the needs and flexible, you really can care for all of those needs. That's a central part of the consciousness of originally of nonviolent communication and definitely in my framework, mindful, compassionate dialogue. So as you prepare to enter into talking with this other person, you can begin a variety of ways. I'm just going to show one example. You might begin with stating your current feelings and needs. So, for example, perhaps this person you care about, <clears throat> you were going to go visit them and see their home or their farm or whatever it was. And as you consider making the drive out there, maybe the drive is more than an hour, a couple hours or three hours, you notice... Ooh, a tiredness in your body, a deep desire for rest and rejuvenation. The kind of rejuvenation and rest that's not about a good night's sleep. It's more than that. It's rest that is often about less stimulation or less activities or moving slowly through a day, 
might have some of those strategies attached. And so you might begin with that. We'll just continue with this example of promising to visit a friend or a person you care about. You might say, oh, when I think about driving out there, I notice I feel a tiredness and a heaviness in my body, a sense of overwhelm from the previous week, and a desire for rest and ease and simplicity. That's what's coming up for me. And I notice that when I imagine pushing through and go ahead and that I go ahead and come anyway tomorrow. Oh, I feel tight. I feel like there might be resentment in the background of my consciousness or frustration with myself for not anticipating. And so what I'm deciding right now is to stay home tomorrow. And so I'm going to come out of the role play for a moment. So this piece is really important. Often right here, because of our nervousness about breaking the connection or not caring for our friendship or our relationship, we want to hedge right there. We want to be vague or kind of go around and say things like, so I'm considering, I'm thinking about not coming. I don't know um, how that might be for you. If you really want to negotiate the decision, then you enter a negotiation. And that's really different from saying, I have changed my mind. Decide what's really true for you. Do you want to talk it out with the other person? and come up with a new plan for that same day? Or have you really decided, ah, I want to set a boundary around tomorrow and I'm going to do self-care and not go out of the house or not have any engagements or appointments. I want a simple, restful day. So if you've made a decision, then state that explicitly. And then once you've stated the decision, it might be pretty natural for you to go right into empathy for the potential impact on the other person. So it could sound something like this. And as I've made that decision, I'm imagining the impact on you. I'm guessing there might be disappointment or irritation or sadness on your side because you were wanting companionship, maybe to be seen in your place there and you're on your farm or at your house, your new place. Or maybe there's irritation, wanting predictability and trust, perhaps. And if you're in a live conversation, you might just say, Does any, is any of that true for you right now? I'm, I'm open to hearing what comes up for you. 
and the other person might offer what comes up for them. And you might be challenged in that moment to stay in empathy, depending on the level of reactivity or groundedness or self-connectedness the other person brings to the conversation. And here's where it gets tricky. Here's where you might hear their reaction and want to change your mind. I think this is why we do things like leave emails or voice messages instead of having live conversations because you might be nervous. Oh, if I hear their reaction right away, I'll change my mind and then I'll resent it and then I'll be talked out of what's right for me. So it's so important to be grounded before you begin about whether you made a decision or whether you're negotiating with that other person. You've offered empathy and then you might also offer warmth and care for their needs. Something like, and hearing your what comes up in you just now, or if you're not live, imagining what might come up in you. I want to communicate my desire to care for you, to care for our relationship. You're important to me and our connection is really important to me. You might also express whatever confidence is true for you. And I have a confidence that our connection is strong enough that I can communicate what's true for me and hear what's up for you and we can find a new way forward. Maybe that part will not seem authentic for you or maybe it will sound like convincing. So, you know, you're feeling it out as you go, feeling what's true for you, what's authentic for you. In expressing that care, you might also express regret. Traditionally, we call this the apology part. I like saying express regret rather than apology because apology is so associated with I've done something wrong and now I want to apologize. So expressing regret is not about you've done something wrong. It's about recognizing that in an ideal world, you would love to make decisions and take action in a way that con consistently cares for your needs and the needs of others. That's the ideal. We don't always reach the ideal. So we feel some regret, even while we have compassion and self-acceptance. So you can express regret for the impact on the other person might sound something like this. And knowing my decision will have an impact on you, I feel regret because it's my value and desire to contribute to your life and to your needs, to have predictability in my decisions, consistency that what I agree to, I follow through with, and I have regret about not meeting those needs with this decision. Mm 
You can express that regret in a way that's authentic for you. I'm sorry. Whatever words are authentic for you without you becoming lost in some sense of guilt or shame. You might return to reassurance. I care about our relationship and I care about the impact on you. And I'm curious about what comes up for you as far as meeting your needs in another way. If you have a request or a suggestion, perhaps you want to reschedule, perhaps we could have a brief phone call tomorrow or a video call and you could show me some of the things you wanted to share with me. I'm curious about hearing what's alive for you requests or ideas moving forward. In this last part, if some guilt has creeped into the conversation, you might be tempted to offer new strategies that you also don't want to engage in. So it's important to ask for a pause if you're in a live conversation or if you're writing an email or leaving a message. Take a pause yourself. What would I really be willing to do with ease and mm, joy? What do I want to offer as far as an alternative way to meet or begin to meet some of the same needs that would have been met by the original agreement? So let's review and let me make this list hopefully a little bit shorter and easier to remember. When entering into a conversation in which you want to say no and you really have care for the other person and care for the connection you have together, here are some things to bring to consciousness and perhaps express. Self-honesty about what was true for you when you made the original decision and what's true for you now. Connecting to your own feelings and needs. Making a decision, a clear decision about whether you're say, now saying no to the original agreement or whether you're offering a renegotiation of that same agreement. Making a clear decision right there. In other words, a negotiation means there would be parts of the agreement that would stay the same rather than changing it entirely. So getting clear inside yourself about that. Offer empathy guesses for the impact on the other person with your decision, whether it's to change the agreement completely or to negotiate. Express your care for the other person's needs and how much you want to care for their needs and meet their needs and care for your relationship. Express that care explicitly. Express regret for the impact of your decision on the other person. 
This is, of course, assuming there's a negative impact. Maybe the person will be relieved because something has changed for them. And it's a total win-win. And offer curiosity about the impact on them and any ideas they have for meeting those needs, the same needs that were alive for them and you in a different way. Honesty, empathy, care, expression of regret if needed, and curiosity. Understanding that there's these key elements that can help you move through a boundary setting process with your values around care and integrity will give you the confidence to stay true to what's resonant. And that, I believe, is a foundational piece of spiritual practice and of life-setting boundaries, life-serving boundaries. That when you truly live from a resonance with truth in you, and truly make decisions from that place, it naturally cares for others. We can't always see in the moment how that works, because in the moment there might be disappointment, anger, irritation, frustration. At the same time, I have a deep faith and trust that following resonance, and we're talking about a deep sense of being connected to universal needs and values and the truth, will serve life no matter how inconvenient it may seem in the moment. We can trust it. We can trust that aliveness, that resonance as a compass for guiding your life, for supporting your relationships, for supporting your connection with something greater, with the divine with a universal intelligence, with love. Thank you so much for being with me today, radiating love from my heart to yours. You can find free resources and information about Mindful Compassionate Dialogue as well as WiseHeart's live offerings and self-paced workshops online at www.wiseheartpdx.org. You can also connect with WiseHeart on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, or by emailing info at wiseheartpdx.org.